Thank you for joining us. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and stir up your faith. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can download our app in your favorite app store or go to the on-demand page at walkingbyfaith.tv. Last week, Pastor started talking to us about being the best host for God's presence. This week, he's going to be giving us some examples of how to know when the Holy Spirit is putting desires in you versus when others are trying to get you to do something to benefit them. Let's get started with today's message, A Completely Different Life. We are talking about hosting the presence of God. Uh, I believe it was last week that I mentioned the most important thing about any person is what you believe about God. Because what you believe about God is going to dictate just about everything in your life. But the second most important thing about you as a born-again Christian is how you host the presence of God. See, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you. And uh, he is not there just as a hitchhiker catching a ride. He is there with a purpose. Right? And we're going to be talking about that purpose and how we understand his presence in us. Uh, we talked about quenching the Spirit. You can quench him. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you more about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. In Philippians 2 and verse 13, we have it right here on the screen. It says, for God himself is at work in you, inspiring you to want the things that please him and to work for them. So the Spirit of God on the inside of us, he puts desires on the inside of us. And in fact, he not only puts that desire in it, it says he enables us to work towards those things. Now, because in some circles they talk so much about crucifying the flesh, a lot of people take even the things that the Spirit of God is doing on the inside of them and try to reject those things. But that's God working in us. Uh, I, I, I want to tell you a story, and, and I know I've told it before, but I wanted to hear it again myself, so I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> but uh, Jeannie and I were living in Mexico. We had been there for about two years. We're living in Guadalajara, and a friend in Mexico City, his name is Javier, he called me up and he said, uh, he said, hey, Dwayne, could we go into Bible school together? We were buds. And he said, hey, I got invited to go preach out in the mountains in Mexico. He said, it's going to be a lot of fun. He said, and I'd like you to come with me. And uh, I said, yeah, that sounds great. We'll do it. So Jeannie and I, we went to Mexico City where they lived. Jeannie stayed there. At that time, our son Joshua was one year old. And I went with Javier. We went out to a village. It was probably close to three, mile, three miles, three hours from Mexico City. When we, we got there, we thought we were spending the night, but about two o'clock in the morning, they got us up. They put us in the back of a little CJ5 Jeep, and we went a couple miles down a paved road, miles, hours again, excuse me. We turned to the right, went down a dirt trail until it ended. And there were some men there and I, uh, with waiting for us with mules. Now, just for those of you who don't know, a mule is a cross between a horse and a donkey. Right? And the reason that this is, they're, they're, they're so important in mountain areas 
is they're large like a horse, but they're sure-footed like a donkey. So supposedly they never fall. So we're climbing up on these things, and we're going out to this village, and literally for the next 12 hours, we are riding these mules because there's no roads. And it's up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain. And I just happened to get the shortest mule that God had ever made. It was a pygmy mule. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm serious. I don't know if I can, can you guys follow me with the camera there? Okay. So I'm sitting on this mule, right, like this, right? But I'm riding like this because he's so short, right? Literally, the, the trail at times had like an indentation, and I would just stand up and walk. <laughs> I got this mule, right? Now, I consider myself, at least in years past, to have been kind of like a macho, you know, a man's man type of guy. I mean, going up and I started, I was crying. I was hurting so bad. Sitting there like this, 12 hours, right? Finally, we cross the river, we go up this mountain, and we get to a village called Buena Vista, right? I think, Bernie, you've been there. You've been there with me before, right? Now, there's no electricity, there's no running water, there's no bathrooms, thatched roof, sticks for your walls, dirt floor, and I'm looking around, and I am freaking out. You know, you may have heard of culture shock. I was in the middle of culture shock, right? And after a while, I, I said to a man there, I said, uh, where's the bathroom? And, and he went like this. He said, Al monte. <laughs> you speak Spanish, don't you? That means the mountain, like any place you find, you know? So I went to take care of business, and uh, this huge, uh, I'm going to say 500-pound pig, comes charging at me, <laughs> wanting the business. And uh, fortunately, there was a large rock. I, I hit the pig. He takes off. And I go back. I am, I am freaking out. And I go to Javier, and I said, why did you bring me here? I said, this is not my ministry. I said, I belong in a city with running water and electricity and bathrooms and no pegs. You know, and I literally, I literally had him by his shirt. And I said, I want to leave now. He said, we cannot. And I said, why? He said, number one. He said, we do not know the way back. <laughs> he said, and even if we did, we don't have any mules. So we were there for the next three days. And uh, literally, we'd have service in the morning, service in the afternoon, and service at night. In the night service, we had brought a movie projector and a generator, and of course, there's no electricity, so we're supplying the only electricity, and we're showing a movie of Jesus and preaching, a movie of Jesus preaching, and, and we, service would last till midnight. Right? After three days, finally we're leaving, and I climbed up on a mule, a real mule. <laughs> and I remember climbing up on that mule, and I was crying. Now, not because I was happy to leave, but because I so fell in love with the people that I was going home to ask Jeannie 
if we could move to the village so we could minister to them. And I got back and God had already talked to her. And uh, in a matter of two or three weeks, we were living in a village. Now, there was nothing in the natural that would make me want to do that. In fact, it was interesting. We stayed there for about two years. And at the end of those two years, God had put in my heart that we were supposed to return to Guadalajara, Mexico, and I was going to teach in a Bible school. And I told Jeannie, this is what I thought God was telling us we were going to do. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, that, that's not right. She said, uh, there's so much to do here yet. And, and look at all the impact that we're having here. Starting churches, hundreds of people are getting saved. She says, no, we're supposed to stay here. She says, uh, you, you just don't like sleeping on dirt floors and, you know, going out and living that rough life. And, and I said, well, I just want you to pray about it. Well, shortly thereafter, I went away again for three days up in the mountains. And um, let, me, let me just tell you about this village. that we, I mean, this was a village, right? And uh, right on the outskirts of town, of the village, there's a little river, and our house was right there. And because there's no public bathrooms in town, everybody would use the bathroom right in front of our house. That wasn't there, by the way, just wherever, right? Um, Joshua was uh, one year old, or two years old by then. Okay, he had his. Have you ever seen those little kids with just white, white, white hair? You know, kind of super blonde. They they call them cotton heads, right? Well, he was what he was that he had that that super white, white hair, and uh, he was just like a novelty in the village. Everybody would come up to him and touch him. You know, have to touch him. And uh, he would be with other kids, and they would all give him their toys and watch him play. <laughs> and and uh, he, had these, he had big blue eyes. And uh, the, 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 the question Jeannie answered, answered probably more than any other question was, can he see? And she'd say, yes. And, and they would say, does he see blue? And she'd say, well, do you see brown? You know, and everybody would laugh. But it was kind of hard on him, and, and there were just, it, was just a, it was village life. All right? But we loved it. I mean, we were happy, 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 happy. You understand? Happy. We're loving it. All right? I'm gone for three days. She's praying and saying, God, change his heart. Because he, we should stay here. And while I'm gone, God takes her grace away. Now, God's, God's grace is a supernatural ability to do what you could not do if that grace was not there. And it not only, how did it put it here in, in our verse? It says, he inspires you to want the things that please him and to work for them. So while I'm gone, God takes Jeannie's grace away. Now, she loved that village. I mean, she loved it. But when I got back, she was meeting me at the door. It's like midnight, and she's at the door. And she says to me, honey, she says, have you ever seen our village? <laughs> well, obviously, we've been living there for two years. And she began, everybody takes a dump right in front of my house every day. She says, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this with Josh, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. And, and I said, well, you know, we're going to be leaving and moving to Guadalajara in a couple months to teach in the Bible school. And, and she said to me, but I want to leave tonight. 
How many of you ever had God take your grace away for something? You know, it is literally one of the ways that God leads you is by giving you grace and giving you the desire. And when it's time to lead, he can take that grace away from you. And you're like, you know what? There was a time. How many know not everything's forever? When the horse is dead, get the saddle off. <laughs> time to move on. And, and God, through grace, hope that's not too blunt. You do get it, right? <laughs> Please do not send an email. <laughs> All right? <laughs> so, so God puts the desire in you. Right? He gives you the grace, the ability to do it. And there are times that literally by taking that grace, he's saying it's time for your next assignment. It's time for your, you to move to something different. Now, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So, and literally, it's easier to give your life to Jesus one day for eternity than it is to live for him every day. How many realize that? It's, it's every day where the rubber meets the road. And it says that we're to literally deny ourselves. Right? Now, that's talking about the flesh. That's not talking about what God puts in your spirit. Right? And, and one of the ways that you can tell it's God, it's going to bless people, it's going to build the kingdom of God. There's, there's other things that you know, it's not God that's putting that in your heart. It's the desire of the flesh. The flesh, we need to crucify. But what God puts on our heart, we need to flow with it. And it says again, take up your cross. You say, what's my cross? Your cross is to do God's will for your life. That's your cross. How many realize the only people that have crosses are Christians? Now, somebody says, well, my cross is to be poor. My cross is sickness. My cross is this. My cross is that. You know, every unbeliever has every problem that you're talking about. Or there is a unbeliever with that problem. That's not the cross. The cross is to do God's will in your life. Right? That's the cross that you take up. And it's going to be different for every one of us. And then Jesus said, follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So Jesus said it like this, but seek first the kingdom of God. Right? It can't be second, third, fourth, or fifth. It has to be first. And again, every place you put God first, God blesses. Right? Seeking first the kingdom means to delight yourself in the Lord. Seeking first the kingdom means loving and pursuing God. Seeking first the kingdom is giving God your first, not your leftovers. Right? Seek first the kingdom. Now, literally in the Old Testament, the, the prophet Isaiah, he prophesies, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Right? God with us. In other words, every place that you go as a believer, the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, right? And again, how we host that presence and even remembering that he is in us and he's there to empower us is extremely important. Even the Old Testament prophet Elijah said to Ahab, as the Lord your God lives before whom I stand, he recognized that he was in God's presence. And that was true 
in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, you don't just stand in his presence. He is on the inside of you. Right? And how we host him makes such a difference. When we forget that he's there, we live completely differently than when we realize that he's here, there. You know, uh, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, and then a book called Acts, right? Some call it the Acts of the Apostles. But really, I'd say that it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you take the Holy Spirit out, 95% of the book disappears, right? Now, unfortunately, today, in most Christians' lives, if you take the Holy Spirit out, maybe 3% disappears. And in the church, unfortunately, in many churches, if we take the Holy Spirit out of the, out of the equation, 95% of what happens does not change. And that should not be so. That should not be so. Acts 7, verse 23, says that when Moses was 40 years old, some translations say a full 40 years old, it came into the heart of Moses to visit the children of Israel. When he's a full 40 years old, it comes into his heart. Now, he had been living in Pharaoh's house for probably 37 or 38 years, and it never came into his heart. But one day, it came into the heart of Moses to go and visit the children of Israel. Who put it in, God's, in Moses' heart? God put it in his heart. God put it in his heart. Now, the same thing can happen to you and to me. We can be going along, doing what we've been doing, and God will put something in your heart. In fact, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's not talking about a car or a house or a new dress. Right? That's saying God is going to put a desire inside you to do something. Right? It might be to get involved in a children's ministry. It might be to pray for the sick. It might be to start a business. It might be to reach out to someone in your neighborhood. Or it could be to start a Bible study with friends. But God puts things in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And again, how do we host the Holy Spirit. Do we neglect those things and just keep on going in the direction that we were going, or are we going to follow that thing that God puts on the inside of us? Now, it can come at differing levels of intensity, right? And the, 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 the more sensitive we are to the Holy Spirit, the more likely we are to follow what the Holy Spirit is showing us. Now, now, I'm going to get into this in, in, I hope, in a few minutes. But the number one way that God leads us is with the Bible. Right? But if we're not doing what he's showing us in the Bible, and we're asking for some more direction, I kind of picture God in heaven going, I've been telling you what to do. You know, the person who says, God's not speaking to me, uh, my, my question is always, what's the last thing he said? And are you doing what you know to do from his word? But the more that we respond to the Holy Spirit, whether it's in, through the written word of God or through an impression of the Holy Spirit, the stronger those impressions become. 
Uh, I, I mentioned before we were missionaries in, in Mexico. And uh, we really, we, we loved, understand, we loved being missionaries. We kind of felt like we, we were God's Navy SEALs. You know, anybody could minister in the United States. But, you know, you got to get out and go where the action is. you got to get on the front lines. And I, I actually had a very bad attitude right, towards pastors. I, I thought pastors, a bunch of wimps preaching to the same people every week, living the life in the United States. If more of them were abiding in Christ, fewer would be abiding in the USA. And, and, and in my mind, like being a pastor was the definition of failure. We were God's Green Beret. We are on the front lines. We're out there reaching the unreached, telling the untold. We're out there. It's exciting. So that's our mentality. And uh, we're at a missions conference in St. Louis, Missouri, Grace World Outreach Center. Marilyn Hickey is preaching at 2.30 in the afternoon on receiving your dream from God. At that point, we've got a couple of kids, and Jeannie has stayed back with the kids so they could take a nap. And I'm sitting in the back in that 2.30 service, minding my own business, listening to Marilyn Hickey, taking notes. Maybe if you're, how many of you remember when you used to buy a Coke in a machine for 50 cents? And you'd put those quarters in there, and it would kind of go clunk down on the bottom. I'm sitting there listening to Marilyn Hickey, and and I, I just kind of say I had like a visitation from the Lord. And instantly, God put inside me, leave Mexico, go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, pastor a church, do this, do this, do this, and do this. And it was like something just got deposited down on the inside. And literally, if you had said to me five minutes before, hey, we'll give you $10 million to move to Michigan, I'd have gone, you're nuts. Right? But all of a sudden, in that fast, every desire on the inside changed. Just like that. You know, how many of you know when the Holy Spirit came in the, in the book of Acts, he came like a mighty rushing wind. And it says, and suddenly. You see, God can put something in your heart like that. And suddenly, every desire on the inside of you changes. Right? He'll put that inside you. But then the question is, what do we do? How do we host the presence of God? What do we do with those desires that he puts on the inside of us? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I would like to do a Joshua thing right now. Remember when he said, sun, stand still? I would like to say, clock, stand still. But I know it's not going to work, so we're going we're to just real quickly go through just a little bit here. It says, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There's a lot of things that have gone on in the name of spiritual warfare. And it is real. 
But notice when he talks here in the Bible about spiritual warfare, he's talking about imaginations, about thoughts, about knowledge, about things that rise up against the knowledge of God. Thoughts that are contrary to God, contrary to the Bible, contrary to the kingdom of God, contrary to who you are in Christ, those thoughts need to be taken captive. Right? Those thoughts need to be rejected. Right? See, God's purpose is for you to see yourself differently. Now, God can speak in many ways. He spoke to Moses in a burning bush, to Pharaoh through signs and wonders, to the wise men with a star, to Belteshazzar the king, literally a hand appeared and wrote on a wall, to Balaam, he spoke through a donkey. But God's number one way to lead you and me is with his word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, it's in Romans chapter 12 where the Bible says not to be conformed to this world. One translation says, but change the way that you think. Change the way you think. And the way that we change how we think is with the word of God. That's how we change it. And everything that disagrees with the word of God needs to be rejected. And it will lead you in the wrong direction. 350 years ago, Rene Descartes, philosopher, trying to really get down to, to the epistemology of how we know that we are. And he came up with this, and most, if you've been to school, you've heard it. I think, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. Now, let me just tell you, you are not because you think. You are because God said, let us create man in our image and after our likeness. That's why you are. You are because God created you, because he breathed the breath of life inside of you, and the Bible says he put eternity in your heart. In other words, you're going to live forever. That's why you are. But he says, no, I think, therefore I am. But you aren't because you think. You are because God created you in his image and in his likeness. And you have value not based on how intelligent you are, you have value because you were created in God's image and God's likeness. That's why you have value, right? And any and every thought, philosophy, that rises up against the knowledge of God, the Bible says you take it captive and you cast it down. You cast it down. And, and, and literally, there, there, are, there are hundreds and thousands of thoughts that our society accepts as reality that go totally contrary to the word of God and to the will of God. But the Bible says, don't be like this world, but be changed by changing the way that you think. Be transformed by changing the way that you think. And literally, there is one place that you and I can go to change the way that we think, and it's God's word. That's where we go to change how we think. Isaiah in Isaiah 55 talked about this. 
And, and he said, seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Did you know you can be far from God just because of what you think? Your thoughts can keep you far from God. But it is God's word that will change the way that we think. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you've been watching today, but in your heart, you know you're not right with God. You're away from the Lord. You need to get right. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me to give your life to Jesus, to receive forgiveness, to get right. And also, if you're watching, but you don't know where you stand with God, as so many people, they figure, when I die, I'll find out if I made it to heaven. But the Bible says in 1 John, we've written these things that you may know that you have everlasting life. You're supposed to know today that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. Not when I die, I'll find out if I made it. And if you need to know today that you're right with God, I want to invite you also, bow your head, pray this prayer with us. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. Today, I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I turn my back on my old life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard your prayer. You're right with God. You're on your way to heaven. And we want you to keep growing spiritually. In fact, I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you growing spiritually. We want to give it to you absolutely free of charge. Now, you can download it electronically, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy free of charge. And again, full of bullet points to help you keep growing in God. Keep your relationship with Jesus alive. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you or download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Today's program is available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by searching Walking by Faith or check out our app where you can download any message for easy offline listening. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. This has been such a great series, and it's not over yet. Next week is more on His presence. Until then, if you need someone to pray with or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, or through our app. Also, find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF-TV. We'll see you again next time.